1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. And today's episode is brought to you by Lockdown NHL. You need more hockey news and Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. So, subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcast. We're going to have a Lockdown NHL uh, person, affiliate, if you will, on this show just a little bit later on. We're we'll bringing in Eric Fowle from the Lockdown Sharks podcast to talk to us about a very, very interesting um, draft. I, I don't know, it's not deficiency. Uh, draft strategy deficiency is that appropriate? I'd say strategy. I'd yeah, say strategy. Yeah, yeah. A, a really kind of um, a, a little just an interesting loophole that teams have not really taken advantage of for some reason. Uh, so we're gonna get to them uh, about all that. First, we got to talk to you about some rumors that are going around in Hockey Town this weekend. Obviously, we ran the draft profile episode yesterday with Mikhail Holm looking at some Swedish prospects, including Simone Robertson. Go check that out. Uh, before we do that, let's welcome in the boys. I'm Nolan Bianchi. I'm with Scotty Bentley, host of Locked On Tigers, Detroit sports savant, and co-host here at Locked On Red Wings. What's going on, Scotty? Busy day for you. Uh, MLB draft just wrapped. Um, how's it going? How you How you doing?
2: I'm doing, man. This is yeah. This is the first. Uh, this is the first non-baseball related thing I've done in probably 48 hours, and that includes like like waking up to when I went to bed. Yesterday was a was a incredibly <laughs> the busiest I have been on a single day in in, in quite some time. And today then uh, rounds two through 10, and then tomorrow will be rounds 11 through 20 as well. So uh, a fun, even though there's no Tigers games being played, obviously, because of the all-star break, definitely, uh, definitely. some a, a busy, a busy three-day stretch uh, for me for sure.
1: So go check out Locked on Tigers, get to know all of the the newest Tigers draft prospects or, or draft picks uh rather now where on tuesday because this is going to come out tomorrow where are people going to be able to find you during the day and you know do you have any writing live streams going on i know the all-star game is on tuesday night where can people check all that out uh if they're they're feeling a little baseball fever
2: so uh my twitter is bentley scotty my my personal twitter has been uh, where I have given my breakdowns of, of every single Tigers pick as they happen within whatever a few minutes after uh, after every pick is announced I've I've given kind of a short little analysis and opinion on it so that's like a really quick kind of grab bag way of doing it um, and then I also write for a website called Diamond Digest great people over there I've been a part of them since they were like before they even had a social media account now they're pushing 10,000 followers and it's a really cool thing and I cover the Tigers for them obviously um, and they are. Uh, so So I have some live streams coming up with them and some Q&A stuff and articles and stuff that will be out there. And then obviously Locked on Tigers would be the uh, the main source as well. Doing a show every day, kind of recapping the draft from the previous day during this uh this week. So
1: excellent. Excellent. Now, you uh, I, I can tell listening to your Locked on Tigers podcast, you are obviously very, very knowledgeable and the fact that you can go you know, 10, 10 rounds into this draft, and I see some of the comments you're making on Twitter. I'm like, oh, wow, he knows who this guy is. Uh, that's crazy. So go check that out. Now, the Tigers yesterday, they made a, they, a pretty crazy move. I tried to explain to somebody on Twitter, uh, a non-baseball I person. saw your explanation, and I was very proud of you. I was that good? The
2: thread, I know the thread you are talking about. I literally saw it like two hours ago. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. That was a very, very good way of putting
1: it. Okay, so the Tigers basically – Drafted like uh, what they did with Jackson Job, the prep pitcher, uh, the the boy wonder, the spin rate uh, phenom, yes. is basically equivalent to a team drafting Jesper Wallstedt at third overall. But the caveat is that Jesper Wallsted just started playing goalie last season like his 2021 shl season is his only season as a hockey goalie so you look at the numbers you look at what he did and you say holy hell like this is absolutely incredible and i don't know what to make of that like i personally i've come around on the fact that it's even more intriguing that he just learned how to pitch uh because there's so much room to grow but uh and you think that is a a appropriate metaphor for what the tigers do?
2: no i I think i i really liked the it's like taking a a high school arm is just like taking a goalie and the fact that he literally just became a pitcher like you said full-time last season i I thought it was a very good analogy really all, all it you know at a very base like the most four dummies level version is we took the one of the biggest boomer bust picks like Mm -hmm. of recent memory this kid could could be in cooperstown in 20 years truly he has that kind of upside and he could also uh uh, not exaggerating could like barely make the majors like and and everything in between there Mm -hmm. is there is so many different uh scenarios that his career could go and but the raw talent um is absolutely there and the ceiling is absolutely there it's just a matter of uh of how much he develops and and whether you love the pick or not he is going to be must watch tv down there and in in (laughs) minor league ratings for this uh, for this organization just went up a lot on days he pitched he's going to be one of the most talked about people in this organization for the next four or five years
1: now, uh, one could only hope that maybe they uh, did that so people will be less angry when when Steve Eisman takes Jesper Wallstead. <laughs> there could be some strategy there. Uh, Alavila so, and
2: Eisman are boys, <laughs> and uh, he just wanted to take
1: the heat off a little bit. Yeah, yeah good guy. Good guy, good guy, Um, So the expansion draft is next Wednesday, July 23rd. We will be doing a preview episode probably the day before, or maybe the day of. We'll do a preview episode the day of um, – and, and kind of get everything figured out. Uh, we've already done like a mock expansion draft. I think we have a pretty, like I don't think anything's changed since the last time we did that. So we'll probably just update you on, on what that was, what the latest news and rumblings were, and just give you a full uh, preview of what to expect. The draft is next Friday and Saturday. Uh, and then we have, uh, yeah. So the draft is next Friday and Saturday and then free agency starts on July 28th. So it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks coming up for the lockdown Red Wings podcast, be sure to subscribe, make sure that you don't miss an episode uh, before the draft, leading up to the draft. We still got a lot of profiles left. We're going to be looking at Owen power, Dylan Gunther, Mason McTavish, Francesco Pinelli. Uh, a lot of guys that we still need to take a look at that will very much be in play for the Red Wings. We're going to bring it to you before draft day. Do not worry about that. And then you're going to be able to just go back, figure out everything you need to know about that player after the fact as well. Uh, so uh Happy to have you along for the ride. Let's actually, real quick, uh, do a quick ad read here. I got to talk to the folks about rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years with the ever increasing number of makes and models. It is now impossible. For your local chain auto parts store uh, to stock all the parts that you need, why would you endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket? They are, uh, rockauto.com's prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything that you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to their easy-to-use website today uh, and check out all the parts available for your car or truck at rockauto.com. Just write Lockdown in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So that they know that we sent you a main selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Gretzky had it, lost it.
2: Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line. Chance.
1: All right, segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We got Eric Fowle from Lockdown Sharks joining us in just a second. But, Scotty, I wanted to go over uh, a rumor that was kind of popping off over the weekend, Um, maybe took on a life of its own, maybe kind of unnecessarily. Uh, But that was the rumor that, A, the Detroit Red Wings could be keeping an eye on uh, Zach Hyman, the Toronto Maple Leafs winger in free agency, Uh, and they could be looking – or Toronto – could kick the tires on trying to acquire Tyler Bertuzzi this offseason, so I figured, uh, like we do with the Sabers guys, I would hit up our boy Mike DeStefano from the Lockdown Leafs podcast and say, "Hey, what would a package look like? What What are you guys willing to give up right now? What do you? How do you view Bertuzzi? Uh, what would the you know return for that look like?" So he said, "How does Nylander, William, and Timothy Lilligren for Bertuzzi, Robert Fabry?" And Maritz Sider sound. And I said, go to hell. I said, <laughs> I said, do you understand what would happen if I even for 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 0. 0.4 seconds entertained that thought? Remember when I remember when I tried to trade uh, Joe yep. Valeno for <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin? Yes, and I, I I do.
2: It I said go over I said, well. I think
1: I might get hacked again, but like just to stop my hockey takes, like not even for like any nefarious reasons. So they said, All right, well, how about something a little more realistic? Uh, Alexander Kerfut. Rodion Amirov for Bertuzzi and Grice. And I think that that is honestly quite an interesting uh, package there, even though, you know, you don't get one of their, their top, top prospects, but Rodion Amirov is a very, very good prospect for that uh, organization drafted 15th overall in 2020. So you're getting a guy with a super high ceiling. It's just, is it worth it? You know, like is moving Tyler Bertuzzi, for Rodion Amirov, worth it because I think right now Tyler Bertuzzi has a, a lot of upside. I really, I really, really do. I think I don't maybe upside is not the right word, but I do think he's undervalued uh, across the league. And I do think with the contract that he's on, he is a very, very attractive piece that can uh, really help take an organization to that next level because of what he brings uh, to the ice via his grit and things like that. So I, I think you would have to have some sort of one of these younger pieces in there to really make it intriguing instead of just rearranging some, some decent middle six, maybe top line forwards. I mean, Bertuzzi yeah. not a top line forward on, on, For on sure. a contending team.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, this is a, uh, this is a conversation, whether people like it or not. I, I mean, this is the, 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 the first one surely isn't, but uh, that one is, is, is absolutely a, uh, a conversation to be had. Um, I think. First off, the adding Grice, I I think, um, I, I, people shouldn't have a problem with. Not that I don't love, uh, mm. you know, what he the value he supplied for the team this year. But as you know, bringing in younger talent and getting rid of someone who's not part of the long term plan is is never a problem. Um, the interesting thing becomes the I, really I I think you're just debating the ceiling between. Um, the, the younger players would be getting in return and Bertuzzi. I think that really is, is just what it comes down to at the end of the day. And, uh, and I think you're going to be biased toward your own player. And I think that more times than now, you're probably just going to see uh, uh, most people just saying to, to hold on to Tuesday.
1: Eric Fowl from the Lockdown Sharks podcast joining us uh, live. Rodion Amiroff and <laughs> Alexander Kerfoot for Bertuzzi and Grice, who says no. Oh man. Actually, hey, right?
2: It's pretty it's, 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 pretty, actually, it's actually, pretty it's, it's actually yeah, it's not
0: a bad deal. Yeah. It's not a bad deal. No, no, it's not great. Although I I think Grice is kind of probably at the end of his rope. So that might be the one factor yeah. there. You're not getting sure. much from him.
1: There you go. The other uh Mike DiStefano, Stefano, uh last thing here. He he did add Heronic might be a possible guy that you know the Red Wings could throw in, kind of spice something up, maybe get uh, a Nylander back in return for that deal. I just don't see that happening. Like Peronic, I don't, I don't think he can bring necessarily what the Leafs need, and that is like a power play, like a big power play quarterback. I, I just don't know if if Philip Peronic fills the the prototype of like that top line defenseman that they're looking for. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm fairly certain he doesn't. Uh, so I don't really know, but yeah. So Eric Fowl, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> going, all right. Uh Scotty, I know you got draft stuff to get to if you wanna if you want to take off. Uh, yeah, Scotty, I gotta, I
2: gotta be go honest go like check it.
1: out Locked On Tigers. Sir. He's currently in the middle of covering the 36th round of the MLB draft. Um, he's <laughs> he's had a long day. So we're gonna we're gonna cut him loose a little bit early. Uh, but thank you so much to uh Eric Fowl for joining us today. We're we're here to talk about your ageist, your ageism. Is is ageism uh, an appropriate way to to put this yeah oh oh, totally totally uh so you have a philosophy on the nhl draft or or i don't know if it's your philosophy it's not it's not mine um, it is it uh, is touting it uh (laughs) you, you you're you're a champion of this philosophy and that is that you should be hyper focused on a player's birthday when you are drafting in the nhl draft can you can you give us a little bit of a summary on that
0: Yeah. So I think, well, I think it depends on where you're drafting in the draft, but there's been a few papers that have looked at what's called age, relative age bias in a number of different sports. And two that I found in the NHL show that even though players born in the first quarter of the year, so January, February, March, make up a a big proportion of the overall players drafted pool, they tend to get outperformed once they hit the NHL by guys born later in the year. So anywhere from like July onward, basically. Um, And so the idea is that if you are trying to find an edge in the draft and you're choosing between two players, maybe looking for a guy later in the year makes more sense. And I think that these papers sort of postulate that this happens because the cutoff date is usually December 31st for, for like youth programs and elite programs when kids are growing up. And so coaches and GMs and parents and whoever don't do this consciously, but they players who are born in January, like look much more physically adept and even sometimes are more mentally developed than their counterparts born in say like August, September, December. And so they end up over selecting players born earlier in the year, just because when, when you're a teenager, when you're a kid, you develop more quickly than your later counterparts. And so like a eight months of a difference makes a huge difference at that point. So those guys are more likely to be selected. And for hockey, make CHL teams, make USHL teams, make the USN TDP, that sort of thing.
1: So it's an interesting philosophy or not philosophy, but data because it makes complete sense. And like you read it once or you hear it once and you're like, Oh yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty simple, but like, yeah, we are, like, hyper-focused on – like, we do pay attention to this. It's not something that, you know, like, draft day always got a young birthday. And I think I kind of feel this type of way about Luke Hughes in this draft specifically where I'm like, holy smokes, man. Like, he I, – I think Luke Hughes is probably – if I was one-one, I would have a really tough time not drafting Luke Hughes, like because of right, right. what he's shown and the the deficiencies that he has in his game, where you can really easily make a short leap to you know chalking it up to uh being younger or or just being able to get away with doing whatever he wants. Why has it taken so long for this to really kind of come to the forefront. And I think even in something that you showed me, uh, it really hasn't come to the forefront. Like it's not affecting decision-making in a in the correct way yet. It's still affecting decision-making in a harmful way, which is this guy looks better. We're going to ignore the fact that he's six months older. Uh, let's take him.
0: Right. I don't know. I, you know, big enterprises are, are, take a long time to change. I also think that, the NHL drafts cutoff date plays a big part in this. And so growing up, the cutoff date is usually, I think, December 31st is what these papers all say. But the NHL cutoff date is September 15th. And so you get guys who are born in December who are much older than the rest of their draft class because they should have been in last year's draft class if the cutoff dates were the same. And so I think one thing would be to look at is if players in the same draft year outperform each other Given those relative dates. Um, so, one thing that like draft analytics people have always harped on is that you should adjust down players' scoring as they get farther or closer and closer to the end of the year. Um, and so, I think it'd be interesting to go back and look at like players born in different calendar years, but in the same draft year if this outperformance uh, holds true. And so, maybe they're not wrong and maybe it's okay. I do think though that the players born in like july august and the first half of september probably should be picked more often because we know those guys fit the criteria for being younger regardless of what the cutoff date is and so you look at just like the percentages of players drafted who were born in january february march and it's probably way too high given their outcome
1: now have you kind of uh used this information and, and kind of used it anecdotally to to not test it maybe but i guess kind of you know, just compare your own notes, be like, huh, I wonder how that's affected the Sharks or, or something like that. Have you kind of done your own homework on it?
0: Yeah. So I haven't done it specifically with the Sharks, um, but I wrote an article for San Jose Hockey Now where I looked at a bunch of drafts using Evolving Wilds wins above replacement metric. And I was trying to find specifically late round gems. Um, and so if you look at guys drafted from the third round and on who have, I try to look at their prime performance so players who have played at least between age 23 and 27 or one or two of those years mm-hmm. um you know limits the sample size of course because that data hasn't been available for a while but of those you see that like 37 of players drafted were born in the first quarter of the year but only 12 percent of them became late round gems whereas like 12% of those players drafted after the third round, were, or after the second round rather, were born in the fourth quarter of the year, but 30% of them almost became Jeez. gems, right? So there's a, there's like a big discrepancy there. That's a huge there.
1: jump in probability.
0: Right, right, right. And the same holds true for second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. So it, I think it really makes sense looking at late round. So if you're dropped in the fourth, fifth round and you're choosing between players or even like you're just like, this is a crapshoot anyway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pick a guy who's got a nice scouting profile and who was born in like July, August, September kind of thing.
1: Back to Littstrom, couldn't one-time it. Littstrom to Zetterberg. Cornwall shooting, scores! Cornwall wins it, Four- I wonder if uh there are teams out there who are like kind of deploying this uh strategy somewhat because there are like there are teams. The sharks are a great example of this. The sharks like are are notorious for just pulling these guys out of their ass in the seventh round. And and um obviously a lot of those draft picks were probably made before the uh the analytics community was rolling as hard as it is now. But you would have to think that to a certain degree, I'm sure that there are teams out here who are who are Drafting well in those later rounds. Was there any like data on that? Like who maybe not even doing it intentionally, but just teams who have done this specifically and who's had the best success?
0: No, no, I haven't mm-hmm. seen team-specific stuff. I looked. I actually a lot. I did look briefly at the Sharks' recent drafts and all of their late-round hits. Most of their late-round hits have like later birthdays. So anecdotally, it's holding true. Whether they're trying to do it on purpose, I can't say because I didn't look through like all of their fourth-round picks to see if they're mostly older birthdays, but. The guys that have hit did that. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with with Byron Bader, who does a, a prospect model on Twitter. He did find that this relationship, and Jace McCallum, another Twitter analyst, found that this relationship probably only exists with forwards. So I think drafting defensemen is more of a crapshoot. Yeah. Uh, so, and then the other thing I was trying to figure out because the the Sharks also have a top ten pick this year if this holds true in recent top 10 parts of the draft, because that that would be where the red wings might apply it. Yeah. And and like, again, my sample size is pretty tiny because I'm using only current data, but yeah, it doesn't look to be as pronounced. So like if I'm in the first round, I'm not going to write off Brant Clark because he was born in February or whatever.
1: Right. Okay.
0: For example, but like if choosing between two players, I might be like, well, all else, all else the same. Maybe I'll choose a guy who was, who was born later.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of where I'm at with Luke Hughes. Like, Luke Hughes, I think I, I don't really talk about it a lot on the show, but, like, that, that's I think, is right now my guy. Like, Eklund is right there. I just I don't think Hughes is going to get there with the Devils ahead of him, and that's, that's someone that keeps coming up to me because he literally is the youngest player in the draft class, and uh, he has all this talent. But, like you said, maybe it doesn't necessarily uh, impact that much at the top of the draft as well. Right. But I, but no, I'm curious I'm to know, about like, him too. How like how on that one end of the spectrum it is. I wonder if that could uh play a difference in that sense. Right. But right. um do you have any other draft philosophies that you want to you want to use that that the, <laughs> that Kyle and uh JD don't let you talk about? I feel like they like from the the dynamic that I gather is that you kind of get bullied for being a nerd over there. It's not.
0: It's not real bowling. It's not okay. real bowling. Okay. I will. Okay. I will like come up with these cockamamie theories sometimes. We're like, oh wow, they should do this, and they'll be like, dude, you're an idiot. This is your galaxy braining. This like, why are you doing this? Well, <laughs> you know, it's the draft. I'm trying to find an edge, yeah. but it's not. It's yeah. not. It's not real bowling. Um, the other thing I found super interesting is there have been two studies that looked at uh, like player scouting reports and tried to aggregate like what words and what like phrases led to success later yeah. on. And so I've been spending a lot of time now that especially the amount of scouting reports available is, is huge. Like yeah. pre 2016 draft, it's impossible to find stuff on guys for the most part, unless you pay for a service and go buy it. Yeah. And now you can look back on them and be like, Oh, like if you read Braden Point scouting reports from his draft year, it's like, what, uh, why did he last to the third round? Just based on that alone. Yeah. And yeah. So-
1: Everybody knew what this kid could be right. Right. And all
0: the scouting reports like this guy is like full of skill, super smart, has great vision. And I'm like, okay, all right. So how do we find the next breaking point? So like, yeah. if we're looking for the next third round gem, let's find a guy who was born in August and has like good vision and excellent hands and whatever. And so that's my other philosophy is like, it's important to read scouting reports. And I think I'm trying to not look at projections as much because that's really hard. Yeah. And just look at like the facets of their game that make them tick. And so if a guy is like excellent at this, great at that, amazing at this, I'm like, okay, he should maybe be higher, probably. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, yeah. Have
1: you uh and is that something that you're looking into yourself?
0: I don't have like the skills to do the scraping of all this kind of yeah. stuff and put together yeah. my own study. So I kind of just read other studies that people have done and try to apply it anecdotally. So yeah, definitely. I've I've purchased like three different sources uh you know scouting whatever draft guides this year and i'll and i'll find a guy who is like in a draft in the fourth round and look at his points and be like oh and if i read three scouting reports i'm like this guy sounds great then i'll you know i'll, I'll write them down on a list kind of thing <laughs> i always like to come back to my like tweets in a year from there two years and be like ah i was right you're like ooh, that was like that was miserable I,
1: yeah you know what i'm like uh i'm a big victim of this um t- for, f- like th- a crime on myself is, uh, putting out there like, like qualifying statements with the phrase, is it out of the question to think? And I feel like that, you know, that that's a good way to be like, Hey, I'm not a crazy person. I don't think this, uh, but I'm recognizing that it's crazy, but I could think this, but you don't know. So I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's (laughs) kind of a, a strategy there you know for, I, I,
0: yeah yeah i also i'm also kind of like screw it like just whatever no one's yeah. gonna come back and like you know castigate me if i'm wrong on my draft picks i'm not vying for a yeah. job at nhl network or anything so i'm gonna be yeah. like you know what like this guy's not gonna make it yeah. because he was born in january and yeah. what? whatever i mean if i'm wrong i'm wrong
1: you maybe know? we but. can apply, are you are you in uh into the card game lately maybe we can apply this to like buying young guns rookie cards like maybe maybe there can be uh uh, a market deficiency for for the fan out here somewhere we'll have to look into that
0: oh Um, oh yeah so like if you're trying to buy like a rookie card of a skater don't buy cards of guys who were born in in january february march or like like
1: if you don't know who's gonna pop like that's so like something i did last year um and i think you know was pretty common practice but like during the off season you'll kind of be like all right who do i think um might kind of break out next year who's going to be who's, whose card is going to be priced really low so i did that with adam fox mm-hmm. adam mm. fox goes in to right. uh be an horse contender um right. and i and right. i like bought a ton of adam fox cars for like four or five bucks ended up selling them for anywhere between 40 and 60 so it was really really cool um but i'm curious to know maybe Put Your thinking caps out there, folks. Let's get a list going of young guns <laughs> rookie cards to buy. Stick to in, stick to forwards
0: the- though. Adam Fox is yes. born in March. I checked him, he was born in March, I think, and I was like, Oh, I wanted <laughs> to look at him as. An <laughs> and I, I pulled yeah. his
1: profile and I was like, yeah. Oh, no, uh, de- defenseman born ruined. in March. Yeah. Uh, defenseman yeah. or random, I think, yeah, yeah. go with yeah. forwards, definitely. Uh, all right, Eric, any, anything else you want to get off your chest before we uh before we take off for the day? No,
0: I'm I'm glad you and I aren't GMing the wings and sharks because it seems we, we like similar prospects. So
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed. I'm
0: hoping I'm hoping Hughes and or Eklund fall to six and seven for some reason and we can both be happy.
1: There we go. I could get down with that. Or if All one right. of us drafts the goalie. Are you are you on the goalie? I don't, I don't oh, want the goalie. No, no. You're, I don't want so the goalie. You're, you're, that's another – so and the, that's it's an, not
0: that it's not that uh, first-round goalies can't do well. It's that, like, the opportunity cost. Like, you have a much harder time finding mm. good forwards and defensemen later in the draft, whereas yeah. goalies is more random. So I, I'm more likely to find the next Carey Price in the fifth round Yeah. than I am to find the next, like, Mark Stone in the fifth round again.
1: But, yeah. Yeah. If you're talking about like elite playmaking talent, I think that's absolutely correct. Um, But if you're just looking at like top six winger, like, I don't know. Like, that's the thing for me is like, it's so hard to get a goalie. Like, look at Colorado. Like that sucks, dude. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? That's always going to be a thing in the back of your mind. That's like, well, I mean, yeah, his team's really good, but look at the goal. Like, and so like, I think that's something that, kind of pushes me in the opposite direction where it's like i mean yeah i guess you could go out and get a goalie at any time but like to have the best goalie is way 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 more you know kind of relieving or as far as like strategy strategy goes just way more comfortable from that standpoint like i don't i don't want to have to go out and find the goalie mid-season
0: I mean, I'm, I'm with you there, speaking from a guy who follows a team that trotted out Martin Jones and Aaron Dell for like three seasons in a row. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. It just doesn't seem like that. I mean, the yeah. draft is a major crapshoot, but it doesn't seem like in particular that that GMs know how to like order goaltending talent from year to year. And so yeah. I'm like, I, I trust them more to pick a forward. Early on, yeah, like they're like
1: collectively just like screw this. All right, we're you guys done. You're not drafting goalies that We all agree not to draft goalies early anymore. Holy right, shit,
0: right? It's, ta- yeah. it's true, yes. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see, you can see it like, like progressive. Someone had a great yeah. infographic about it, and I was like, yeah, then no goalies don't, except for last year. Obviously, ask her on yeah. one, but like, yeah, no, I am, I'm, I'm anti goalie early,
1: like because... Malcolm Subban, last Canadian goalie drafted in the first round since, or yeah.
0: And he's been awful in the 2012,
1: NHL. yeah.
0: He's yeah. he's on his like second team now and he can't land the backup gig. Yeah. So
1: I hear it. And that's and that's why it's got to be a Hall of Fame ceiling for me. Like that's why I think Jesper Wallstead is an intriguing option because there is there's there's a Hall of Fame ceiling right there, like objectively. Yeah. So
0: are you familiar with, with Kat Silverman?
1: Name song. She familiar. writes
0: for in In Goal magazine, a lot of hockey stuff. Used to write for The Athletic about the, the Coyotes. We just interviewed her about, about goalies. Talk to her about Walstead. She okay. might give you, she might uh give yeah. you
1: a little wake up call. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you guys got? Anything that would uh, be interesting to Red Wings fans if they decided to pop over and just more curious about more draft coverage.
0: Yeah. I think the episode that just came out today was sort of what do the Sharks do if Eklund isn't available at seven, which is pertains to you guys because yeah. you're at six and you guys like Eklund. So we kind of went through some of the other options and who else we might like, depending on how the, the, the cards might fall or whatever the, the phrase is.
1: Very cool. Uh, go follow him on Twitter at foulball 15. Go follow the lockdown sharks boys. Uh, the second best lockdown shark or lockdown <laughs> NHL Twitter account. If I do say so myself, we've been slipping lately. I've Fair just, enough. That's okay. Know, the, the depression break and things like that. Uh, Eric Foul. Thank you so much for <laughs> coming up. We'll see you guys <laughs> Thanks, back here tomorrow. Appreciate same it, time, same place. It's your team every day you're locked on red wings your daily podcast on the detroit red wings part of the locked on podcast network your team every day